Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Jeez, I'm not even a mom and I got choked up on that. Dads were there too, you know, just saying. Somewhere, somewhere they were. All right, no comments from the front row, please. <laughs> wow. Hey, we're going to do something a little special today. I'm going to have Cindy come up and join me, and uh, we're going to do a Benny Hinn up here. I'm going to sit, uh, if you weren't at the conference, you won't get that, but we're going to sit up here, and we're going to talk a little bit about moms. Come on up, Cindy. Let's welcome Cindy, my wife, a mom. You ready? Did you get your microphone? Oh, <laughs> oh mom. All right. Is this all right? You're okay with this side? Yes. Is this your better side or whatever? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. We'll get over here. Nice on short there. chairs Close for me. Thank together. you. There we go. All right. Well, so good to have everyone here today. And uh, welcome you to Bethel Cleveland. And uh, we just wanted to do something a little bit different and just talk about Moms, I did want to share, I, I was so influenced by mothers in my life growing up, and if you've been here very long, you know that, that uh, I'm kind of like a Timothy in the Bible, you know, grandmother, Eunice and Lois, you know, passed down through the generations. My grandmother was just an excellent woman of God, really like the first flag planted in the ground in our genealogy of <clears throat> someone excuse me, somebody who was uh, righteous and she's four foot 11, uh, Cherokee descended woman, uh, just, she was a seamstress. She made clothing for the poor. She was just the, uh, really an idyllic grandmother, you know, just, I, I, I loved her a lot. We call, called her nanny. And uh, I remember very well, and she comes to mind many times, but she passed down to my mom and then my mom to me, and really my mom was the stalwart in our family. My father was doing his thing, building his career. My mom uh, worked outside the home, but also raised three children and was uh, a very spiritual lady. Just really, she had a lot of complications in her life, but she fought through them. And uh, in her uh, death in 06, 05, uh, <clears throat> it was... You know, the remembrance of her was so broad and so expansive uh, of how she impacted the rest of the family, my brother, my sister, myself, and my dad, ultimately, 47 years old, gave his heart to Jesus Christ, and his life was radically changed. It was by this woman we called mom. And uh, I was reading the other day in Exodus, <clears throat> Cindy, anytime you want to interrupt here, I know I don't have to say that, but anytime time you want to interrupt, go ahead and... Uh, Interrupt Exodus 20, the verse that came to me was honor or put, it, it literally means in Hebrew to put weight on. So honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. So many ways you can interpret that. If you don't honor them, your days may not be long. I used to tell the kids, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Yeah, I think you said that to me a couple of times too, isn't it? Not the brought me into the world part, but the rest of it <laughs> kind of sounds familiar. 
<laughs> so you will, you'll live long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. And so we honor Mom's Day, Mother's Day today because it's the right thing to do, number one. And number two, because we genuinely love our moms and we are thankful uh, for, for them bringing us into the world at the very least, but them shaping us. I mean, this video was great. I mean, for my life, it was, this was great. It, it, all the times that my mom was there to, I mean, I've shared this story many times, and it's, uh, but when I was away in college, she would, for some reason, she had legal pad, you know, the big yellow legal pad, and she'd write me these long notes. And if it was God speaking, it was all capitals. And so I would open it up, I'm away at school, and I go, oh, you know, and I mean, it's just like God yelling at me, all caps, and, and then at the end, it'd say, love mom, you know, <laughs> and it would always be like, right for the moment, you know, it's just what moms do, they have an incredible discerning, but, you know, as I studied this more over the years, and I've now, we were thinking today, uh, it would have been, uh, how old are you, Josh, 32, 32 in a couple weeks, so it was Mother's Day, uh, 29 years ago. We were in Canada. We had a church there. And Cindy was going to speak that Sunday. It's probably why I can't get her to speak on Mother's Day kind of since then. But uh, uh, she was going to speak. She had her notes and everything. She was running late, of course. I was already, we we're church planters. I was already there at the church. And church met in a public school, actually, an elementary school in a gymnasium. And there's a lot of stuff. It's very busy, you know, on Sunday mornings, just getting everything together. And she was running late, so she quickly she got Josh, who was about five, four and a half, five years old at that time, and uh, got him out of the car, but forgot to get his hand out of the car door and slammed the car door on his hand on Mother's Day. Josh has never forgot that. <laughs> had to rush him to the hospital, so she just came in. The service is starting. She came in, and she said, I... I smashed Josh's hand in the car door. I've got to take him to the hospital. Here's my notes. And she ran off. And I thought, what it is to be a mom. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Josh turned out okay. He's, well, for the most part, he's okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the rest of history. That's, but that, that sums up a lot of a, a mom's life. You know, even in the times where you're, you've got an opportunity, you've got a situation, whatever, your kids always can, can overtake that possibility. So the thought that came to my mind years ago, way back, uh, was that moms are warriors. They're the warriors in a different sense than men are. Men are more physical uh, and, and uh, probably more spontaneous in warrior type things and sometimes need to be kind of uh, limited in some of their expression of that. But moms are so more subtle in this. And, and uh, I was thinking of my mom and I just want to honor her right now. She, her birthday is always near or on Mother's Day, May 10th, which I think is, what's today, the 8th? So two days from now. She would have been 92 and uh, she passed at about seven, age 75 and uh, you know, I remembered, I was telling someone this week, actually my sister, who just had a significant birthday, we were chatting and talking about mom, and uh, I remember one of the days, one of the days, probably the last day, I talked back to her. It was when I was 12, and, uh, you know, I was 12, I was, uh, you know, I'm old enough to share my mind, and, and 
I just said something to her. I don't even know what it was about, but I said something back to her, and it wasn't kind. But I wanted her to understand that, look, I'm 12 now, and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a man. So I mansplained that to her a little bit, and, uh, and, uh, and then yeah, no, no, no result, no fruit of that. All right, good. I broke into a new place in life, and went upstairs, and I got some shorts on. It was in the summertime, and and I heard my mom say, hey, can I talk to you before you leave, you know? And I said, sure. I was going to run out with some of my friends. And I walked downstairs. I couldn't find her anyway, anywhere. And she was hiding behind the door with a belt in her hand. And I know she'd be in prison right now if it was 2022. But um, she hit my legs. I remember it to this day. And uh, it was a marking point in my life. And, uh, you know, I, ne- I never talked back to her after that. It was even being 30, 40 years old, never came to my mind at all. So, uh, so she, she laid a foundation in my life. And I, I love how in Proverbs it says, the law of the mother. And that she, and this part I never totally understood, that she binds it around our neck. <clears throat> And I think it's appropriate for that moment that there was a, there was a moment where she took me to the test, 70s style, 1970, or 1960s style. And uh, I understand now we communicate a lot more and deal with these things yeah. in different ways. But Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, you know, as I was meditating and thinking about, about Mother's Day and my own life as a mom and all the things over the years that how I've evolved and, um, you know... There is a whole lot more history um, in families, in life, where we didn't have social media to know things. We didn't have uh, family counselors to be able to help us know things. And, yeah. and we can't judge all of what happened in the past and how mothers handled and managed you know, their children um, and so, it, just a moment. I mean, Did you feel like I was judging her? No, but we do, be, we do better when we know better. Yes. You know, when we know better. And so, I guess just a moment of forgiveness for, for uh, you know, moms for yourself. You know, for yourself in the way you may have handled or managed your children and things that you... I'm, I'm of all, you know, an offender and have... Now I know better and I do better. And, uh, and but and I'm that also helps the grandchildren. But I'm also yeah, my yeah. grandchildren are going to be perfect when I raise them because I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as as a mom, and also for, for forgiving your moms for things that they yes. may have done and said, and release them because there isn't a perfect one, you know. And I'm always drawn back to. Um, because uh, I've made lots of mistakes and I do better now and I know how to handle. Uh, there's one job that you really don't get much training for and that's being a mom. And you're thrown into, you know, oh my gosh, <laughs> what do I do now? And you do the tasks at hand, but the, you know, the emotional, spiritual side, um, you know, we try and nurture, nurture as we go along, but you just need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive your moms, maybe a grandmother, maybe someone in your life, because God is always faithful, and, and um, you will do better if you f- can forgive and release. Yeah, you know, let's do that. We're going to take a minute and do that, but <clears throat> this can be activational, right? Okay, good. Yeah. 
you know, Catholics call it sins of omission and commission. You know, there's, there's, you feel guilt for both. You feel guilt sometimes for what I should have done, you know, and how it could have, should have been a better mom. And the older you get, <clears throat> the, uh, the worse you may, f- thanks, Josh. This is Josh with the smashed hand. Thank you. <laughs> He's my favorite son. <clears throat> he always says, and mom, I'm your only son. Yeah. I know, but you're my favorite. So I, let me just tell you about your okay. mom. Your, sure. uh, to finish the thought that I had, Steve's mom was amazing. She was a wonderful woman who prayed for her family her whole life. Even when she was not able to communicate, um, yeah. she With had Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's yeah. and she wasn't able to communicate. The Spirit prayed through her. And she has two sons in ministry, so... Um, Hitting Steve on the legs with a belt needs to have some forgiveness, but somehow God, in His mercy, you know, allowed good to come out come out of it all. And we don't want to do that, but um, just we have to release and we have to forgive, and we know that God, He He fills in when we are weak. He is strong, and we don't when we do what we find out later we shouldn't have done. He's able to forgive and release and make beauty for ashes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mom yeah. Need, moms need to know that. Because we're hard on ourselves. We're our own worst critics, you know? We, we look at others, you know, there are always others that do better and there are others that don't do as well. And if you live in, in comparison with all of that, you will come out short either way in pride or... Um, you know, pride or insecurity or whatever. So moms need all the encouragement they can get. Steve's mom was wonderful. Oh, she was. Yeah, and you know, stories do grow over decades. <laughs> I mean, it may have been one hit with a belt, but <laughs> yes. it felt like uh, medieval torture at the time. Maybe. <laughs> so, you know, we really don't know. We didn't have video cameras back then, uh, or I would have recorded the whole thing and reported it. <laughs> To authorities, you know, but my mother was also, uh, conversely, she was a uh, uh, a prayer warrior. I mean, she just, uh, you had a closet in our house that she would go into. It was a big closet, and she'd go into it and just walk back and forth and pray, because I caught her in there many times, and happened to be in my room, actually, strangely enough, and, uh, and she would sometimes go in there and sit and just intercede and pray. She knew how to touch the heart of God, and it has had effect for generations now. You know, for me uh, and my brother and my sister and our children, you know, some of which my niece and nephews come, niece and nephew come here and, and my kids are here and it's just, and, and now their children. It's exciting when somebody puts a flag in the middle of the soil of your, your spiritual geography and says, from now on, we're going to serve the Lord. My house is going to serve the Lord. It makes a difference. And moms are a key part of that. So praying for me, prophetic words. My grandmother, I mean, when I was growing up, I'd lay down in the next room. Again, I've shared this story many times, but my grandfather, who was a Pentecostal holiness preacher in West Virginia, he knew how to pray. And my grandmother did too. And they would storm heaven every night about 10 o'clock. And I was already in bed because I was young on the other side of the wall. These old houses, they didn't have a lot of insulation. I could hear, their, hear my grandmother calling out names of my family, of people that really needed prayer. 
And uh, I go, yeah, go after them, man. That's right. They need it. But she'd work all the way down to the young people, which would be me. Bless little Steve, Lord. And, you know, and there's something tender and powerful about hearing your voice in prayer when you were young. And I just want to encourage you, don't be afraid to pray in front of people. Don't be afraid to, to take a stand. Don't be afraid to, but always love, always love. And I think that's where we, we missed it. We grew up in a religious environment where God was a loving God, but he's also a holy God, and we believe that. But I think the, the love holiness meter leaned a lot of times on the holy part of the, that meter, and so it came out judgment sometimes rather than love, not trusting the power of love to eventually capture your children and your grandchildren. So, so there were some difficult times, and we, you know, we could go back, we could make a thousand changes and how we raised our kids. We're trying to improve that with our grandkids. And, uh, you know, uh, going to scene 75 with my granddaughter because of her graduation from grade one, uh, you know, I learned a lot of things about children that paying $2.50 for a 30-second video game was normal. And I said, isn't that a lot of money to pay to, to win one Tootsie Roll? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, is that a lot of money? And I said, well, I don't think it is anymore. But it used to be. <laughs> so, so there's all these you're learning from generation to generation. You're adapting. You're loving. I just talked to someone from the church yesterday. Challenges with an adult child. And it's like, look, I, I don't have a lot to share except to say just love them. And uh, they know what you believe. They know what you think. And, and even with my adult children, if they're doing something serious, wrong, um, we'll tell them. We'll say, look, we'll just tell you once, we'll just remind you, this is what we think. And then after that, we, we learn to forget about it. And we, uh, we just love them. And uh, you know what? It, it has a transformational power. And moms are better at that, I think, sometimes than dads. And dads kind of, I guess because of some biblical precedents, dads tend to be the, the judge, judge side of the family and loves, moms tend to be the love side of the family, but we know that flips often. Did you have something you wanted to say? You, I think we've learned that you, um, that as moms, when you sow into your children for their, I mean, as soon as they arrive, your life is not your own anymore. And you, as we saw, you know, your heart is for them their whole lives. And you have to take a different position as they get older. You, you, when they're young, you sow, you have the opportunity to train them. Um, if you didn't know the Lord, you know, when your children were young, you uh, could petition before the Lord and he can work miracles on your behalf. And, um, but we've just learned that we have to take a different position. When they're older, they make their own decisions. Actually, when they're when they're young, they try to make their own decisions. Yes. You know, and, and we Shaping help them. shape them and help them, hopefully give them the tools to make wise choices and to make good decisions. But you know that one day they decide on their own what they're going to do. And uh, I've told moms... At age moms, three. Pardon? That's age three. At age three, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying, it's like trying to corral wild horses, you know, and they all have decisions over yeah. here and they want to do that and they've heard this and they, 
you know, especially now, it's just really hard. Everyone um, is wanting to have influence. They're wanting to manipulate, control, influence. And we're being controlled and influenced beyond what we even understand. If you're at all on social media, um, if you watch the news, whatever, we, I mean, you have to know what you believe. You have to impart that to your children. You have to stand firm. Doesn't matter the winds and waves that come along. You just have to stand firm and stand fast. But the thing that I think as having adult children is that we've learned that they make, they make their own choices and you just need to love them. And loving them doesn't mean you always agree with them. And I think we used to think that, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't be supportive if it, you didn't agree 100% with it. You know, we need to be supportive and love our children. They know what is right and wrong, and they have to live out their lives. But we, we are called to love them, be supportive, encourage them, tell them that you love them, tell them that they're the best in the world, that they're the greatest and be there to help them all along their journey. Yeah. Yeah, and it never stops. You never stop being a no. mom. You know, I've got a scripture no. here, Genesis 3, uh, 15. It's called the uh, uh, Protovangelium. I think I have that right. It's said in a, yeah, it's the, it's, the, uh, it's the promise of God in solving enmity or the, the, the warfare between the devil and moms, specifically. And after the fall of man in Genesis 3.15, listen to this. The Lord promises and says, this is like John 3.16 of the Old Testament, only it's John 3, or Genesis 3.15. It says, I will put enmity, or a, this literally is a blood feud. I will put a blood feud between you and the woman. He's talking to the serpent representing Satan, between you and the woman. So between hell and moms, and between your seed and her seed, which ultimately, it's capitalized in most scripture because it's, it's a messianic promise of Jesus Christ, which would be the seed of a woman. And her seed will, your, yeah, he, her seed, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, the devil's going to have an effect on culture and eternity. But women, moms, who take the seed, that seed is going to come forth and crush the power of the enemy. In fact, it's referred to several times in Scripture. You know, the, the, putting the, the head of the serpent under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That comes through... Warring moms doing this, this uh, such a subtle warfare of birthing godly children and raising children up that are going to have, now here's the deal, all throughout history, there's this overshadowing of the enemy specifically against mothers. In fact, in Revelation, I think I got it right here, in Revelation, there's a great verse, um, it says another sign appeared in heaven, Revelation 12. A great and fiery dragon, which we know is the devil, having seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems on his heads. 
His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to earth. So it's the most, most powerful, one of the most powerful creatures in the universe is the enemy of our soul. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth in order to devour her child as soon as it was born. So as soon as that baby is born, war is on. By the way, just a, a comment, because we're in this national discussion now about abortion, and uh, you know, and I know that, uh, women have had abortions, and, and they, you know, they grieve about that, and this isn't here to bring any kind of judgment. In fact, I've seen many people that have had abortions just healed in their soul, you know, and I, I believe those babies are in heaven, you know, I really do, and I think I could, <clears throat> I could back that up. I was reading a lot of tweets this week, and let me just tell you something, there's a lot of people out there that do not know Scripture and may not care about Scripture. There's a lot of Christians that do not know how to defend in this situation. And um, babies are humans in the womb. And California now is uh, going up to, they're, they're trying to push multiple days after birth where you can still have an abortion, which to me is, is, the, uh, is, is a capstone a potential societal collapse when that begins to happen. We, we push toward it many times in what we do. And see, that's why this is so important to the enemy is he's gone beyond just waiting to devour the baby out of the womb. He's going to devour the baby before the baby's ever born because babies represent destiny, represent transformation, represent hope, represent change. And so a lot of the cultural wars we're having now are settled about this. You know, I was, I was looking, uh, uh, this, was an, this is an old anecdote, but uh, I was reminded of it as I was looking through this, that uh, if you destroy an eagle egg, uh, you could get up to a year in prison. And, and a, uh, I think they raised the fine in some areas of the country uh, this especially was true when they were an endangered species, which apparently they've come out of that. A $200,000 fine and a year in prison. And it always puzzled me when I heard that. I'll, I agree with it. I, I agree that, you know, I think destroying an egg is of an eagle because it's a national symbol or an endangered bird, that's a problem. Canada geese, maybe not. I don't know. But, but uh, <laughs> eagle, sorry, ladies. Eagle's a problem. And, uh, and yet, we have laws in this land that allow us to go, you know, and you could say, well, it's not an eagle yet. Well, apparently the government believes it is. Otherwise, it's a potential eagle at the very least. But we know if you've seen inside the shell of an egg, <clears throat> there's a little eagle in there waiting to burst out. And now with all the science we have, let's follow the science. There's little babies in there very quickly, you start seeing fingernails on the little baby. I mean, I was into this really deeply in the 80s <clears throat> and uh, and the late 70s and actually developed a, 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 a big production that we did that went to some national arenas, uh, a slideshow. Slide slideshow. It's a powerful video from the 1970s. Uh, and about a baby that's having a conversation, an unborn baby having a conversation with its mom. And... Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, 
a powerful thing, but I got to look at a lot of these videos of babies in the womb back in the 70s. And uh, now, you know, it's just, you can just chart the growth of a child, you know, and the beauty of the little baby in the womb. So, you know, these are, these are real babies. I mean, it's a settled argument in my heart, but we've got to get better at helping people around the country in this big debate over Roe v. Wade. We've got to know scripturally what to say and how to appeal to the more nobler motives of people, uh, generally speaking, and specifically appeal to the Christian understanding of the value for life. And so the enemy wants to devour and take the Lord. I mean, he's the robber. His job description is rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life, sounds familiar, and give it more abundantly. You have anything to say on that? It's it's very true. We're living in a time where evil is good and good is evil. Yeah, and you need to be more prepared than ever to give an account for what we believe so we can stand strong and um, sow it into our kids, make sure that they know and understand. There's all kinds of tools now available um, to be able to help them visually see and understand why we Dennis believe. Dennis Prager. We really like his uh, videos. Yeah. Dennis Prager. Yeah. 40 years ago, I would drive the kids back and forth to school, and um, I would listen to this fellow on the radio. When I first heard him, I thought, who is this fellow? What is... Because he, he explained numerous fellow things. Fellow is Canadian, by the way. That's just clarifying fellow? that. Yeah. <laughs> his... Uh, anyway, and so I started listening to him, and I realized he's, he's a, a practicing Jew, but he's very pro-Christian. And his comment um, at one point is, if we removed um, Christianity out of America, it would collapse. And so I think yeah. the, the enemy, um, and, and the so world. I've listened to him for many, many years. Now he has videos, and I did actually post one the other day about the existence of God and now how science um, that actually the science now is, is, is leaning towards the side of, you know, an intelligent design as opposed to the Big Bang, you know, theory, whatever. Um, so he's great, and he has these short little clips and videos that address a lot of our current issues and such. I, I'm telling you, I'm praying for you when you have children to raise them under these conditions because they have access that is frightening, Act, really, it's frightening. And I know that you are up t to the challenge yeah. and that if you prepare yourself more than um, you would have had to a number of years ago because you didn't have to be, you didn't have to contend on such a day-to-day -day basis for such massive um, um, issues. It's a bombardment of it, it's, too. It's an bombardment. But, you know, we were, Steve and I were talking about Daniel and Daniel was during a time and had to live as a young man in a pagan culture. And so this is nothing new. God has it all under control. He knows what's going on. He, none of this has caught him by surprise. But he is counting on believers to stand strong and stand firm and declare what you believe uh, we're just really um, privileged to have Janet Porter here, who's standing on a national stage yeah. to speak. We, we have a heart for, um, for the uh, women who find themselves in such terrible situations where they would even contemplate having an abortion. It's a tragic, horrible, horrific process, and we need to, for people to understand that, that it's not always the solution to their 
perceived problem because it can create more problems. And so our heart needs to be for and them and having compassion and do what we can do. Um, but Daniel, you know, he, he decided when there was a decree because the governors who were over him didn't like and were jealous that he was so successful. And uh, they tricked the king and he um, created a decree that you weren't for 30 days, you weren't allowed to um, pray to anyone else. Well, Daniel decided no way, Jose, I'm going to pray to whoever I like. I think he probably did it with a little bit more respect than I just uh, <laughs> described it. He um, opened the windows. <laughs> but he opened the windows and he prayed three times a day. And he was sent into the lion's den, as you know. And um, the king even uh, didn't eat. He loved Daniel, and he didn't eat, and he didn't have all the festivities that he normally did, and he ran to the den in the morning to see what had happened to Daniel. And Daniel, um, Daniel cried out to him and said, the Lord sent an angel, and because I was, uh, what is the word? Right. Because I was found blameless, no. the Lord rescued me. So it's powerful that we do need to, you know, stand firm, remain blameless. We need to know the word, hide it in our hearts so that we don't sin against the Lord. And we need to train our children to know that if you are blameless before the Lord, the Lord will rescue you. He will, he yes. will, uh, from whatever is happening and you will not be affected by whatever decrees happen Whatever you're being told at school that is not um, line up with the word of God, that God can, can hold you strong and firm if you turn your heart towards the Lord. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Very good. You know, you know, another thing that came to my mind uh, um, as I was just meditating on Mother's Day is that I love the fact in the church in America specifically that women are, women have been confined at times to uh, female roles in scripture. You know, and there's Mary, of course, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, there's, there's Deborah, there's all these various ones. But, you know, I, I just want you to know that in Christ, the Bible says there's no male or female in relationship to the salvation, the gifts, and what God has given us. And, uh, you know, there are, there are Davidic women. There are uh, Mosaic women. There are, I, I mean, I, I love, when I read about uh, Deborah, uh, of course, Esther's another, another big one. But when I read about Deborah, Deborah was like a, a, a Joan of Arc. She was a warrior that the, the generals would refer, they would confer with. And, and so this Barak, this one general, he said, I, I'm not going to go out to battle against the enemy unless you go with me. And so this woman, you got to understand, this isn't a culture that did not honor women at all. And yet somehow, I don't know her whole history, but this woman emerged in such a way, it said, said, do you like this part? It said she would sit under a palm tree yeah. And people would come. I'm in. To get with, <laughs> I knew you'd like that, to get wisdom from her. And uh, you know, that's a good model. We need to follow that. Sit under a palm tree. And you know, she was famous for that. And, and of course, she was out there in the workforce, you know, the, 
vocational world during the, and we, you know, we know there's that tension that moms that you want to be home with your kids when they're younger, yet you want to be in, in the work world and, you know, and it's back and forth and now getting childcare is so expensive and so difficult and it's just, it's such a, it is so, in many ways it's robbed us, it's created new opportunities, but also robbed us of some other opportunities. So it's, culture's in transition and it's not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's, it's changing. And so Christianity, I love Christianity because it is fit through every culture throughout history and stood the test of cultural wars. We're considering doing a cultural war month in June and just maybe sitting up here and just talking about some of the, I really feel, I'm hearing a lot of complaints on news media. Oh, the church never talks about these things. And I thought, well, I think we do, but well, maybe we need to have a month right now. There's so many things going on to say, you know, what is the true issue of racism? What are the issues of gender that we're suffering through right now and, and all these things that are so important. I love Alpha because it covers some of those things and so here we are. But I just don't, I don't want you to be confined into something that, well, this is, this is the way women are. Obviously, there are certain traits that are attached to women that are not attached to men. I really believe that. And there's things that women can do, men can't do. There are also things men can do that women can't do. And that's why this whole women's sports issue, I mean, there's, we're destroying so much of the joy and excitement in women's lives under the guise of protecting women. I can't figure it out. But we'll talk about it in June. But anyway, uh, I feel that God's raising up both Deborah's, using that context, and, and there's another lady named Jael. Jael. Jael was committed to her tent with her children, and when they were going to war and they came against Cicero, this horrible leader of the enemy army, and God raised up Deborah to come against him and they're defeating him, but he escaped like, like a coward would leading an army. He would escape and he ran and he found a tent and he ran into the tent. And so here he's running from a woman, Deborah, this powerful, prophetic, intercessory judge of Israel. I mean, it sounds scary just to say all that. And uh, he's afraid of this woman, runs into a tent and finds another woman. Her name is J.L., J.L., which means wild goat. That's what the name means. He got into the wrong tent. And he said, I need something to drink. You know, and started mansplaining and <laughs> said, I need something to drink. So she gives him some warm milk, make him a little bit sleepy. He falls asleep, puts a little blankie on him. She goes in the other room and gets a mallet and a stake and drives it through his temple. So she was the victorious one. They get there and it's like, oh, there's women everywhere doing the battle yeah. against the powers of darkness. It doesn't matter. You could be out in the workforce. You could be at home. God will try to bring, God will bring the enemy to your house. The enemy will try to get into your house. But I want you to know that God has prepared you as a mom with everything you need to stand against the powers of darkness and see the enemy defeated even when he tries to enter into your children's lives. So we thank the Lord for that. That's right. You have the most, uh, you, you have the most awesome, most awesome, that's probably not right, but you, Awesomest. you, you have the greatest honor being a mom 
and the great responsibility being a mom. And I was even reading in um, uh, Proverbs 31, and many of us you know, know Proverbs 31, and you can read that and go, oh dear, like perfect I'm woman. just not that. And, uh, um, but I was reading about it, and do you know that Proverbs 31, if you look all the scriptures from the very beginning, it's really about King Lemuel. Lemuel was he, I don't know if he was yeah. French. That That's sounds right. Lemuel. Lemuel. He, uh, <laughs> but he wasn't French. Um, <laughs> it was, he's telling all of the things that his mother told him. These, these are the words that, that it says at the top. These are the things that, you know, King Lemuel's mother told him. And it's all the first section about, is about, she's telling him, look, this is how you need to be. This is how you need to act. And these are the things that you need to do. You need to care for the poor. You need to not be drunk with wine. You need to not go after women. His so he's, he's uh, telling us what his mother told him. And she's telling him so that he will know that this is the kind of woman that you need to be ready for, the Proverbs 30, 31 woman. And that if you behave like this, you will be worthy of a woman like that. So mm. even that is, um, it, it's, not, it's more of a checklist that his mother gave him. This is the type of woman that you need to, to look for. And so women are behind the scenes everywhere. That someone once said... Um, that what men are the head and women are the neck that turn the head that turn the head <laughs> that's a jewish idiom yeah. <laughs> a jewish idiom. <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's true it's true so from our place i stayed home with my children i felt like that was what my calling was until um josh was a little bit older and in school he was our youngest and sewing into them you know it's a massive responsibility and um I just honor you as moms. I just honor you. It's no joke. I feel so compelled sometimes when I'm in the grocery store, when I see women coming out from oh, you Costco. Oh, you tell some of them where I to go. I tell them, like, where to go, mom? Way to go, mom. You know, encourage them. Because I know what it's like. I had four children. Um, uh, Steve traveled quite a bit during those early years. And you have to be, if you don't have a spouse, you have to be mom and dad. I feel for you if you've, um, you know, desired to have children and you're not able. I feel for you. Um, but you, are, God is at work in your life. And he's going to fulfill the desires of your heart. And women are amazing. And they're behind the scenes, staying at home, investing in children, which was, you know, dismissed as kind of, you know, oh, you, you only stay home. It's like, nope, I stay home because I feel this is where I'm to be. If you, if you go to work, then God is going to cover all of that as well. So I tell women, you know, when they're lugging and dragging and whatever, and all the things that happen behind the scenes that nobody sees. The mom that was just in the ladies' room changing her child's uh, diaper and misses out on so much. So we just want to bless you as, as moms. We... Uh, believe in you. We know that God is at work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure and that you will succeed and he will be right there with you every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm thankful that moms too, over the past couple decades have reshaped 
the guys in this generation. And I'm seeing so many guys that are just really yeah. helping in ways that, yeah. that I didn't see them in our generation. Yeah. So I, I do think that millennials are, are improving uh, dadship <laughs> to a new level. Thank uh, the Lord. Yeah, and really, uh, so it, you know, we're, in, we're in a great time. I mean, there's a lot of cultural stuff going on. But let me tell you, this is a good time to be alive, and, and uh, God is doing great things. Let's all stand if we could. I would like to, we're going to call the women up here in just a moment. We want to bless you. We've got a nice little gift we're going to give you. I was checking them out the other day. You're going to like it. But I want to read you a little bit of an Irish uh, quote out of an Irish book. Yeah, sure. Let's thank Cindy. She did a great job. <laughs> yeah, if we can get someone maybe up here and Jay, come on up, the keyboard and everything. Uh, we'll be dismissing here in a few minutes after we pray for all the moms. But uh, this book that I read several years ago called Beauty, I love Irish content books. And uh, the Irish have an amazing perspective on beauty that the rest of the world yeah, maybe the Italians are a close second on beauty. Uh, but listen to this quote from a guy named John O'Donohue called The Invisible Embrace. And it's, and it's about uh, women, moms specifically. Behind the visible surface of our society, there are incredible unseen people who give everything they are and everything they have to their children. They are the secret priests who work away unostentatiously. Woo, I got through that. In the vineyards of soul making. I love that. The vineyards of soul making. Although often arduous and painful, ultimately, it is tender, vulnerable work. A work of fragile yet wondrous beauty. I just love that. Uh, if we could invite all the moms up. If you could come, we're just going to stand right across the front here and face the uh, congregation, just right across the front. There's going to be a lot of them, I know. They may wrap around the room here a little bit. If you come like a single file type thing all the way across, watch that camera there. I don't want you to get hurt. All right, good. Yeah, right across in the middle too. Yeah. And Cindy and I are going to, uh, we're going to speak a blessing over you. Jay's going to kind of caps, uh, capstone that. Also, let you know, Cindy and I are getting ready. Last summer, you uh, took up an offering for us at the 25th anniversary. Do you remember that? It seems like it was five years ago. But last summer, in September, was our 25th anniversary as a church. You took up an offering uh, actually to send us to Italy and we're leaving tomorrow. So, yeah. So we're going to, we're pretty excited about it. And uh, we got to get home and finish packing. Cindy has wrecked every room in our house, getting ready for going over there. But we're going in a little suitcase, I think. Yeah. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom, who's yes. watching online up in Eastern Canada. We love Canada. her. There she is. Online. She's an awesome mom. Yeah. I tell people she's my best friend. It continues to be a great mom yeah. uh, in the absence of my mom. She's my Canadian mom, and I really uh, love her and appreciate all that she's done over the years. We just pray for your health and your strength yes. in Jesus' name. Yeah. Okay, let me pray first. 
How about, let's see, how are we going to do this? Hand it out as we're praying? Is that, let's do that. So those that are handing out, we've got, what do we have? Like a, uh, a nice chocolate bar and a gift card to Target. So, uh, yeah, you, that got your attention, didn't it? Yeah, chocolate bar, well, maybe a gift card. This is a great combination. So I want to pray for you. There's two things I'm going to pray for as, as the priest of this house. I'm going to pray for the lifting off of the concerns, the worries, the fears, all the things that Cindy and I talked about. We're just going to pray. In fact, let's do that right now. Stretch out your hands if you're out here toward the ladies at the front here. Lord, we just lift off the... the the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, Lord. We, all the stuff that we could have done. And even in the midst of being moms presently and, and there's little kids in the house and we feel overwhelmed and what am I gonna do and how are we gonna pay for this and that and everything else and the economy and inflation, Lord. The peace, peace just come, Lord. Peace come like still waters over their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, just step in there with your power and your release right now. You know, the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. He cares for every one of you in this room. He sees you in your, in your momhood, and He loves you. And Lord, I pray for those who have broken hearts, for maybe children that have wandered off or done other things. Lord, you've got the lasso that can reach from here to Taiwan. That might be a prophetic word, I don't know. From here to Taiwan. And you whistle them home. I've seen you do it over and over again, Lord. How you bless people that have children that are far away. Maybe some children haven't talked to you for a couple of years. Lord, I speak right now. This is a time of reconciliation. On this day of all days, I pray, Lord, phones will begin to ring today. Mom, 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 I miss you. Mom, I love you. Mom, I'm sorry. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for reconciliation that this next generation will feel a wave of young people coming out standing for the purposes of Jesus Christ and the message he brings in the name of Jesus. So we release that in the name of the Lord. Secondly, Lord, I ask for now something to come into them of the fullness of the, fullness of the Holy Spirit to be upon them. That dragon cannot have our children, cannot have it in the womb, cannot have it in the room, and will not touch it even beyond the tomb. And Lord, we, oh, that was good, Jay. You need to write that down. We bless that in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that right from the beginning, Lord God, these precious newborns that are coming into our church right now, may they, sit, may they get a sense and feel of growing up in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that Jesus would be revealed to each of our children represented in this room. It's got to be thousands of children and grandchildren represented in this room. We bless them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that the fullness of the Holy Spirit would come into each lady and she can feel a reservoir when the natural reservoir has dried up in their hearts, Lord. We ask, Lord, for a release of the power of God to be upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen, Jesus. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for our moms up here. All right. Excellent. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.